Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show, where we explore spiritual ideas and books that help you live a better life. Hosted by spiritual teacher and author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, Jason Napolitano. Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano. I'm the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And on the phone, I have Chris Sheridan, who is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. And we're here each week uh, studying important spiritual books and ideas. So thank you for joining us on Cosmic Eye. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, uh, I am offering my book right now on Amazon.com. Uh, if you can worry, you can meditate. You can get the uh, the download, uh, the Kindle download for free right now. So we're running a special on that. Um, and you can check out Chris's book on there as well at, at, on Amazon.com, uh, The Spirit in the Sky, or on his website at ChrisSheridan.com. All right. So shameless plugs out of the way. We're jumping right into... As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. This book is from 1903 and it is one of the early classics on new thought. Of course, new thought is uh, the idea that your thoughts create the world that you live in, the life that you experience, the things that you have, etc. It's some of the ideas um, we know from The Secret. If anyone has seen that, I think most of us have. Um, mind Science, uh, the Unity Church, etc. are all new thought branches. Um, there's a there's a wide variety of new thought uh, uh, churches out there, but this uh, this book is kind of one of the the seeds that helped to create that movement. Uh, 1903 actually was pretty early uh, before most of those churches were started, so they did a lot of them did draw from this material either either consciously or, or unconsciously through other people's work. So uh, it's a really powerful short book. Um, I don't know which which one do you have. I have a, a Barnes and Noble version of it. It's a little fifty-two page book. Did you just do the online one, the PDF? Yeah, I couldn't find my hard copy, so I got the uh, ebook. Yeah, version, and they're they're freely available out there. I mean, if you just put in "as a man thinketh," you can find PDF versions all over the place and different e reader books and so on. Right? So, yeah, it's public, public domain, right? All right, so we're going to jump right into the book. The first, um, the first chapter is a really powerful one, and this is one of the things that we were talking about before the show, before we came on, um, that we thought was a really powerful idea. He talks about thought and character. Thought and character. I'll, I'll just read the first, uh, the first paragraph of it just to kind of give you a flavor of it if you haven't read it. And again, I highly suggest uh, you read it. It's a fantastic book that will help to change your thinking and to change your life. So uh, I'll start out here. The aphorism, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It comes from Proverbs, by the way. Not only embraces the whole of a man's being, but is so comprehensive as to reach out to every condition and circumstance of his life. A man is literally what he thinks, his character being the complete sum of all his thoughts. As the plant springs from and could not be without the seed, so every act of a man springs from the hidden seeds of thought and could not have appeared without them. Could not have appeared without them. So really he's getting into what we've talked about many, many times on the show about the inner world uh, and how that creates our outer circumstances. Thought, feeling, emotion, memories, etc. Uh, tend, to, tend to clothe themselves uh, in our outer realities. Um, this is no, you know, new idea, obviously, if anyone's interested in the spiritual pursuit, you've heard this idea, but the one, uh, 
the one thing that's important to remember is that that law is operating whether you believe in it or not, whether you you assent, you know, you assent to these ideas or, or or agree with these ideas or not. And you can see it. I mean, you have negative thoughts, you have bad thoughts, you experience um, misfortune, you experience unhappiness, uh, depressive states, etc. You know, you have great thoughts, thoughts that are noble and kind and, and, and happy. And, you know, it spills out into your into your body mind experience into your daily life. What do you uh, what do you what do you think of that? I, I always I always find that, you know, people argue with this. They're like, well, no, you can't prove this. You can't prove that thoughts are things. And then you tell them, well, I mean, just think about it. Think about like, for example, you're trying to imagine tasting a lemon and the effects it has on your body. Um, things like that. I mean, what, what are some of your thoughts on that area that thoughts, you know, do influence our lives? Well, it's a tricky, I guess, definition of terms when you start talking about thoughts and thinking and mind, uh, because quite often we translate that or we think of that, think, <laughs> as being our rational mm. mind, our logical thought that, oh, I'm going to deliberately plant this thought and, you know, I want a, you know, a new Tesla car or something and, you know, you plant the thought and then, uh, then I'm going to get the thing. That's sort of the secret version. You know, if you think of this thing in your mind, in your head, um, you're going to get it. It's more complicated than that. Mind, uh, as it's used, and I, and Alan a couple of times talks about your heart's longing, your heart's desire. Mm, yeah. Uh, in, you know, we have to keep in mind that uh, when we're talking about these thoughts, we're really talking about the dual nature Yes, the conscious mind plants the idea like a seed, but there's the subconscious mind, and that's the heart, our uh, desire, um, our, you know, the energetic passion that goes into wanting this thing. Uh, a lot of times what we have, and one of the reasons why the secret and these other kind of straightforward or, you know, very one-dimensional level of mind science really has a hard time working because there's a conflicting feeling. You could have the thought, mm -hmm. but if there's a feeling or even a hidden feeling that you're not aware of, that you don't deserve it, or if you get this new car, your friends are going to think you're uh, bragging or something like that, or something bad's going to happen to it, you can't have nice things, even if you're not aware of it. And the Psychologist William James, uh, who was active around this time, uh, 125 years ago, uh, said that when it comes down to deciding, you know, which has more power, your rational mind or your passional mind, he called passional it your passional mind. Interesting. Yeah. Minds that, that the passion always wins out. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. So That's a good point. Um, it's something to keep in mind. And so keep in check. Yes, you can have this thought and then, you know, be aware of the feelings that are associated with that thought. Yeah. A lot of times that, you know, we, ha we've had trouble maybe up until this point getting what we want in our mind is because there's this conflicting feeling or emotion or, you know, not deserving mm -hmm, it or mm -hmm. anything that, and it doesn't take much to kind of, you know, send it off. Uh, you know, from from happening and take it off track. Yeah, for sure. I'm reminded of uh, of the section that he has. Uh, I'd have to flip through to find it, but he spoke uh, 
he spoke of how uh, thoughts are like are like seeds planted in a garden. And I'm thinking about that as you as you say that as you say those things you're you're talking about um, in that, you know, the garden, like if you think about the garden metaphor, throw, you know, throwing affirmations on top of uh, a bunch of, of negative feelings, accumulated memories, unconscious conflicting desires, you know, fears and so on is like throwing, you know, good seeds onto a field that's filled with with garbage and, and weeds and, and it isn't plowed and it's not properly prepared. So, you know, that's, I think sometimes that's one of the challenges and people wonder why, well, I'm doing the affirmations and, you know, I'm saying my daily, my daily goals and things like that, but they don't seem to be unfolding. Sometimes you have to do a little bit of gardening first. You got to pull out the weeds. You got to take out the big rocks that are there. You got to remove those tin cans. Oh, there's that dog. God bless him. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, and do some of that some of that preparatory work to get the field ready for proper planting, um, you know. And you're right that I think feeling is a big part of it. Feeling uh, and the heart sort of centered uh, way of moving through life, you know, is a, is the more powerful part of our our being. Is is the more powerful part of our soul. Unfortunately, it's sometimes hard to get a bead on like what exactly the heart wants to do or what the soul needs and so i think that's where maybe introspection and maybe meditation might come into play that's kind of one tool you can use to clear the garden you're just looking at watching the thoughts that come up when you're sitting uh in meditation or even if you're just sitting down by the beach and watching the ocean just kind of think about your goal and watch the thoughts that come up see if there's resistances see what associated memories come up you know when you when you think about it and you can kind of begin to to sort of clear out that field. So those affirmations do take, do you, do you agree with that? Right. And Alan makes a distinction between, you know, this desire or vision. Uh, There's a chapter dedicated to vision. Um, He makes a distinction between that and an idle wish. Yeah. So I, you know, a lot of what happens with mind science or this one dimensional um, concept of it is that, you know, these, these affirmations really just become wishes. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're, it's wishful thinking. Sure. They call it the church of wishful thinking, the, uh, uh, from a song lyric. Um, it's, that's part of it. That's the first half. Yeah. But this, you know, talking about the soil and the garden, that's our own inner receptivity. Am I receptive to my own idea? And what can come in are the, the mores and social constructs of, of our society, uh, what we've been brought up to do, or if, well, I'm of a certain religion, then I, ooh, I really shouldn't be doing this because I need to live a pious life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 101 other sure, reasons exactly. why. And, and they're not really, you don't hear them as much, yeah. uh, especially if we're not tuned into our heart's desire. Now, this last chapter of the book is dedicated to serenity and calmness. And I think that's what he's getting at is that's this neutral but very active state. So it's the soil, to go back to the seed metaphor, that's, that has nutrients in it. Um, there's some rocks. There's some minerals. Uh, there's plenty of good soil. There aren't a lot of weeds getting in the way. Uh, it's this receptive and fertile ground I don't think we're as receptive 
to our own ideas, even if the idea is, you know, better than the idea we're living or something we really actually do want. There's this inner conflict. Somebody overweight knows they need to lose weight if they, if they, they want to. And so many people try and don't succeed or with substance abuse or anything else. It's because there's something in conflict, whereas somebody else who doesn't have a, a problem eating healthily or exercising, they don't have that inner conflict yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They may be with a, another area sure, in their life. but not that particular area. That the other person doesn't have a problem. Exactly. Uh, well, speaking... And we all have... Yeah, that. and speaking of that visions and ideals uh, chapter, you know, sometimes we've got to get some leverage on ourselves and have a, a big vision, a big ideal uh, within ourselves in order to, to, to reach that goal. So we have to connect the heart to that vision. And, and that takes... Th- you know to some work like visualization using vision boards um trying to see and feel how you know how your life would be having achieved that particular goal and so on so that you can rehearse that mentally in your mind uh to to get you know to get some of those stumbling blocks out of the way because oftentimes we have memories and and we have ideas and we have negative statements that people have made to us over the years that have accumulated as an accretion of this sort of you know negative belief and in order to rise rise out of that we have to create something within which is greater than that to move move towards you know and it's you know i love i love the first uh the opening paragraph of this visions and ideals he says the dreamers are the saviors of the world as the visible world is sustained by the invisible. So men through their, all their trials and sins and sordid vocations are nourished by the beautiful vision visions of their solitary dreamers. So in other words, you know, he's, he's, he's also talking about, you know, lifting your thoughts up to a higher plane and having visions and ideals that are worthy of being a child of God, worthy of being a spiritual being, having a human experience. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's not just, I'm going to get a new car, which there's nothing wrong with getting a new car. There's nothing wrong with getting a new job or making, you know, twice as much money as you made last year. Those are all fine things. But why are you doing those things? What do they serve? Are they serving your ego? Are they serving the people around you, your family, your friends? Is there, is there happiness and joy in them? Or are you just gritting your teeth and determined to make more money because that seems like the thing to do because you heard it in a rap song or you saw it on TV? <laughs> What's the reason? Right. You know what I mean? And that's the vision. And I think getting back to the first chapter where he talks about thought and character, that is some of what is missing with these prosperity consciousness um, preachers and so forth. Nothing against them. I, I, a lot of people are poor and in need of, of, of that message. However... You know, we also have to think about our character, the actions we're taking. Is the thing we want constructive? You know, are what is what we're doing going to bring, um, you know, a better life to those around us, to the greater humanity, to the earth itself? You know, my being constructive, in other words, and that has a lot to do with I, the idea of, of thought and character, being a person of integrity, be, being a person of, of of high uh, moral value and things like that. Not in a sort of, uh, you know, judgmental way. Like I'm going to tell everyone how they need to live, but just living with integrity and purpose and honesty. People know what that means. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that that, 
That's one of those areas we don't, we don't talk about much anymore. People are so focused on self-esteem and material gratification and happiness and joy, you know, from something or from someone else that they forget, okay, my thoughts are also creating the character that the, the person that I am, my being, and I'm, I'm then attracting via the law of attraction, those circumstances into my life that my, that my character sort of demands. And it starts with thought. Um, but you know what I mean? I think that that's an interesting thing. It's there's there, that, that in the earlier days of new thought and in the earlier days of this kind of, um, this kind of idea, when this stuff came out, when he was writing it, you know, the, the country was more, was more focused on character based, um, personal transformation. You know, it was involved, it was involved and it was rooted in being a good person also. Today, much of this stuff is just rooted in materialism. And I think that's, they, they kind of, they've kind of thrown out some of the, some of the more important lessons that I think um, make a valuable life. Yes, it's, it's great to, to be prosperous financially, but what are you doing with that money? Are you supporting charities? Are you supporting your family properly? Are you generous? Or are you, you know, are you stingy and angry and, and, you know, taking revenge out on the people that are around you because you now have money? You know what I'm saying? And so, so it's not a panacea. Like money is not a panacea for all, for happiness and, and joy in your life. It really is just a tool to use, um, you know, to, to really kind of live out one's, one's character, which of course created by thought. Well, none of these desired, right. Uh, and I like how Alan approaches things that you don't have to be a full on goody two shoes, pious saint in your life um, and, and throw away everything material, uh, nor are you a materialistic, you know, prosperity uh, guru. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a balance in between and coming into right relationship with uh, the material things. Cause and he mentions that you can, you know, you could be, you know, prosperous, you know, financially, mm -hmm. but bankrupt more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it doesn't always solve the problem. Even in drug and alcohol addiction, you can quit the substance abuse. You can stop drinking, but there's a term called a dry drunk that you're dry because you're alcohol free, but you're drunk because the attitude and the behaviors and the thoughts and the following actions uh, are still rooted in the old way. And you almost don't need alcohol to be to do stupid things or yeah. to, you know, sure, sure. Um, and then you don't have the excuse because there's no more alcohol, but, um, but you, there, there's, it's more than that. It's more than just stopping the external thing, just like it's more than just attaining uh, or acquiring the external thing. Um, they're really not good or bad either way. Yeah. It's in our relationship. Yeah, to exactly. Them. Exactly. That's a good point. And that, that I think that's what kind of flows out of, out of the integrity and the character and the vision and ideals that one has, you know, then the money is just a tool. It's not the, you know, it's not that money is, is bad. And it's obviously prosperity, you know, one would rather be prosperous than, than, than poor. Um, you know, you have more options in life. You can travel, you can, you know, you can buy books, you can educate yourself, you can send your kids to the best schools. I mean, there, there are more, more options and more sort of, uh, you know, things available to you uh, in life but 
you know, that's where, where you've got to be able to discern through, through your character and through, you know, through your, through your sort of thinking, what is valuable, you know, that's where philosophy comes into play. But, you know, not, again, though, it's important to remember, though, that the thoughts do, do create who we are. And I think that's a point that he keeps making is, you know, keep your thoughts on those noble, positive, constructive kind of ways of being, you know, be honest, be, you know, hardworking and, and focused and, and so forth. And, and that stuff begins to show, show out in your, in your life. And, and, and then the prosperity comes along with that as well. If you know, you're, you're working on that and keeping that, that those thoughts in mind uh, too, because I mean, it, it is an important part of life. I mean, and, and that's a good, a good point you make. You need to have a balance between the material and the spiritual. We live in a material world, uh, you know, so we want to do that as effectively as we can. And by, you know, keeping our thoughts on those, those positive and abundant uh, motivations, you know, we can, we can attract those things to ourselves. All right, Chris. So let's talk about effect of thought on circumstances, effect of thought on circumstances. I like that chapter. This is where he, he talks about the garden. So I found that. Um, and he says, a man's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then abund an abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. And he talks about, you know, how corn produces corn and different, you know, seeds produce things according to their own kinds. And uses that metaphor. And I think that's a fantastic metaphor. That reminds me, of course, of the parable of the sower uh, that Jesus uh, spoke in Matthew, uh, Matthew 13. Um, and I have that open actually. So I'll, I'll read that just because this is where this comes from. It's good to know where these, these ideas do come from. So Jesus says, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell in good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. So there you go. There is the, uh, the original teaching of that idea. And, uh, and now it's exactly what we were talking about earlier. You know, you've got you've to clean out that garden. Jesus is saying the same thing there. Um, you know, absolutely. And those those different things that come, you know, the, and, and I think the thing that's important we have to remember is that we accumulate a lot of negativity. Think about just browsing through the Internet. What kind of things, I mean, are you saying on there when you're just browsing around just on general web, you know, news sites and so on? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity. It's the tragedies of the world. It's the the weird anomalies of, you know, kidnappings and you know, people locked in closets for 15 years and all these, you know, kooky things that people do to each other that are wildly out of the ordinary. Um, but the problem is, is the media makes it seem as if these things are just commonplace. Like everywhere you go, you know, someone wants to snatch your child. Everywhere you go, a gunman is going to jump out of the you know, the woodwork and start, you know, shooting at everyone. And certainly these things do happen. I'm not making light of them. There are tragedies mm -hmm. in the world and, you know, it's, it's awful. However, 
the the our focus on them and the fact that we forget that for every you know one tragedy there's you know 50 million constructive things going on and i'm being conservative when i say that because you think about just yeah. how walking down the street and surviving on a day-to-day basis it's a miracle eating food that that you know is not poisoned and uh you know just making it safely to the mall or any of the things that you know we take for granted all of it is pretty miraculous when you think about everyone that's out there you know doing their thing and either paying attention or not paying attention with malice without malice confused you know whatever clear-headed i mean there's so many billions of of interactions happening at any given time and it's really quite miraculous that that more stuff doesn't happen than the than the anomalies that 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 do occur and i think you know to kind of uh, just to kind of you know put a put a little you know ending on that it's you know that's the kind of stuff that's the, those are the weeds that are falling into your garden that and the gossip that you hear from your friends and the you know the the movies that you're watching about about serial killers and all these different things that we feed into our minds and then we wonder why we're anxious we wonder why we can't sleep we wonder why our lives aren't better we're filling your mind with garbage all day long you know and what do you think you know you're going to get you know, more garbage and negative feelings. Right. So, so I think that's what he's talking about there is really, you know, you've got to cultivate the field of your mind, turn, turn off the computer, you know, stop reading those stupid stories or navigate yourself towards something more positive. There's a million things on YouTube, just great things you can listen to lectures. We talked about Neville Goddard and Joseph Murphy and, you know, Napoleon Hill. And, you know, you can listen to Yogananda. You can, you know, you can listen to Kriyananda. You can listen to different, you know, there's a million beautiful teachers speaking and it's all free. And they're, you know, they're telling you things that are constructive and positive and build up and create good character, create good thoughts, clear out the, clear out the garden as it were. So you know, and that, that that's the interesting thing, too. So getting back to this effective thought on circumstances, he keeps getting back to the point and all the new thought people do. And this is one of the huge things we have to remember that, you know, thought is the creator of of the circumstance. It's not the other way around. Circumstance does affect us, certainly, but that's by our choice. You know, an experience happens to us and it's how we process that experience that you know, that, that makes the impact, but, you know, in order to change our lives, we do have to change the way we think and see and feel, uh, in order to see those, those concrete results in, in our lives. Well, you bring up a good point because it's not just changing thought. Yeah. If like the thought is a seed, well, I'll just, I'll just plant an acorn. Well, no, I'll plant a uh, pumpkin mm-hmm. seed. Um, no, it's, it's the way you think the manner in which you are planting this and that gets to the, the cultivation yeah. aspect. So it's not just changing the thought. Uh, now, sometimes, yes, you, you definitely want to maybe remove and replace some obviously negative thoughts sure. with some, you know, much better thoughts. But again, if, if those thoughts are conflicted, even if you have the best thought, if it's not planted in a fertile and, you know, productive soil of your mind if it's you're not receiving it in your consciousness in an open 
and calm state that's not conflicted with other ideas or fear and doubt, which he talks about as being the, really the, the killer of success and happiness is having fear and doubt. Uh, well, then, well, if you doubt it, th then you're negating what you're just saying. Well, I'd sure like to, you know, go on a European vacation someday that, yeah, but it'll probably never happen because I don't have a passport and it's cost too much money. And how would I, well, you've just ruined your idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely shot it well, down. Well, because so. you're looking at the effects in, a, in essence, you're looking at the situation you're in at the moment and you're allowing that to color the, the future creation of what you, what you want. You're, you're letting that kind of tamp down uh, those, those, those desires and those, those, those um, creative thoughts that want something different, but then you sort of crush them. And he talks about that, speaking of that, in, uh, in this chapter on effective thought on circumstances. He says, in light of this truth, what then is the meaning of fighting against circumstances? It means that a man is continually revolting against an effect without, while, at, at the, while all the time he is nourishing and preserving its cause in his heart. That cause may take form, the form of a conscious vice or an unconscious weakness, but whatever it is, it stubbornly retards the effort of its possessor and thus calls aloud for remedies. So that's what we're saying. We've got to, you've got to clear those thoughts out. You've got to recognize them. So you have, let's say you have one positive thought, one affirmation during the day, and the rest of the day you're going throughout the day, well, you know, I wish I could do that, but I'm broke. Well, I wish I could do that, but I'm not smart enough. Well, I, you know what I mean? And so for every, yeah. for every positive thought, you know, you've got, you know, 20 unconscious negative thoughts, that's where you've got to watch and be aware of what's going on in the mind and the body and in the heart all day long, because those, those, those are seeds you're planting as well. Not just the, uh, not just the affirmation or not just the, the, you know, the seed, the new seed of the goal that you want to reach, but those, those little sort of side thoughts that, that are actually chipping away at the, at the affirmation that you've been making. Do you know what I mean? So everything's got to be kind of, it's got to have integrity and moving towards the same, the same vision and ideal like he talks about. You know, you've got to have all of your faculties moving towards that same. So action, thought, feeling, uh, you know, all of it needs to move directly towards, towards what, you, what you want and, and keep it off of what you, what you don't want. You know, that's one of the keys. Like when we talked about Emmett, in Emmett, Fox's, uh, uh, Emmett Fox's book, Actually, both of them, the Golden Key and um, the Sermon on the Mount that we talked about in those podcasts. You can go back and listen to those if you want. There's some great material in those. But he talks about keeping, you know, your mind on the things that you want and off of the things that you don't want. He calls that Golden Keying it, you know, give, give it over to God, basically saying, give that desire over to God. And that's that's something you need to think about. You can't nourish both at the same time you know you can't you're just going to create nothing or you're going to or most likely it's going to fall over into the negative side of things because there's way more negative sort of affirmations going on if you're just experiencing day-to-day -day life than there are positive ones unfortunately so you've got to be the one that takes charge of your life and says i'm gonna not watch the news tonight i'm gonna consciously choose to read some positive or you know stuff like james allen's as a man thinketh or emmett fox sermon on the mount or any of these great works or holmes uh science of mind something along you know what i mean if you want to do, use the new thought stuff and go back and reinforce these ideas 
uh, instead of allowing the outside world to dictate to you how the it thinks you should live and, and how things work. You know, you've got to have a PhD to do this and you've got to have this much money to do that and all of these things that just really are not true. Right. So, well, they become excuses they do. for either failing to act or failing to succeed. And, you know, the f- success is, you know, you, some people do claim that it's scientific, that it is replicable. You can do it over and over mm-hmm. again and it works every time, depending on how you're doing it, yeah. depending on how you're conducting the experiment. If you say, well, you know, I'm tired of drinking dirty water. Uh, I want fresh, pure, clean water. Um, well, that's great. But if, if the cup or the bucket you're filling up or the pipes through which the water is traveling are contaminated or dirty, uh, then it will contaminate the water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even if it's pure and it's the best pure water, you know, you fill up. So a lot of this work, and I'm glad that, that Alan really goes into it, um, it's more about the vessel. It's, you know, your empty space. Exactly. Uh, that there's room for higher thoughts. Uh, there's this space, a welcoming space um, for your desires. And one of the, the terms he uses, I think, is fantastic. Uh, and this is uh, in the, the chapter Visions and Ideals. He uses the word cherish, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, we know to having to hold, to love and to cherish you yeah, know, from a, yeah, a wedding exactly. vow that it's, it's more than just, you know, oh, you know, love your visions. This is cherished. This is like almost another level of, of, of nurturing and caring for and connecting with like a marriage, like you're uniting with your ideas. And so we, this paragraph, um, cherish your visions, cherish your ideals, cherish the music that stirs in your heart, the beauty that forms in your mind, and the loveliness that drapes your purest thoughts for out of them will grow all delightful conditions. So if we're planting this seed, let's, you know, maybe cherish it. Yeah. And then wow. That's... maybe that will push out some of the fear and the doubt. And you could even say, look, I've, I've got fear. I've got doubt. I've got issues, but I cherish this idea. Mm-hmm. I feel this thought is aligned with purpose and harmony and I will see it through. Yeah. So you can acknowledge sure. maybe some of these barriers. Uh, but if, if you're really cherishing these things, like you would a child almost, you would protect them from any danger. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing, too. You can make affirmations and have prayers about faith and about cherishing and about, you know, removing some of these these weeds and stumbling blocks, you know, and tell yourself that, um, you know, I am... Uh, I have faith. I'm confident that that these things are unfolding in my life. You know, I'm keeping my mind focused on the positive and I'm, you know, keeping my mind on those things which I wish to see in my life and so on. You can use affirmations to to clear the to clear the weeds away as well and and prayer. You know, if you're a prayer if you're like a prayer the, uh, like the shepherd's prayer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the Alan Shepherd prayer when he was <laughs> on top of the rocket, getting ready to become America's first astronaut. Um, he was heard over the intercom saying, you know, dear Lord, please don't let me screw up. And, and screw wasn't the word he used, um, you know, but that's, you know, you so go. it's kind of been known as the shepherd's that's fantastic. Prayer, but, but it admits your fallibility or a weakness. And then it's 
channeling energy towards it. Look, I know I'm imperfect. Sure. Oh, I slip, I fall off the wagon. But help me not do that. Yeah. Help me. Well, and also, you know, <laughs> you know? Be, be cognizant of the fact that, you know, the more that you repeat those ideas to yourself, you, that you've also got to, you've also got to do the, you know, repeat twice as many times that, you know, you have that faith. So it is important to be honest, but, but is, you know, we also have to notice is, are we being honest in a, in a more negative way and being repetitive with those thoughts as well? Yeah. You, know, you, don't you, know, you don't want to reinforce them. Sure. So, so there's, it, there's, you know, be honest and, and ask for help and, 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 you know, recognize where you are, but also then try to, try to, you know, continually transmute that into a more, more positive and constructive way of looking at things. And, and, and then, you know, like, for example, if you're not feeling well, you know, tell yourself, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better. I feel positive. I feel healthy, you know, multiple times instead of focusing on those, those maybe little ailments or that little sniffle or the little ache that's in your back or whatever, try to move your thought to the positive side and, and see if that doesn't help. Because I, you know, I've felt found many times and I'm sure you have, if you, if you, tr if you turn those, those thoughts around, oftentimes you can stave off, you know, negative stuff from unfolding. It does, it, you know, it's a very, it's a very positive and very powerful uh, tool. All right. With that, uh, that being said, unfortunately we've come to the end of it as we're doing a little shorter show today. Um, I do want to, to end with a couple of ideas. One, uh, you know, guard your thoughts, stay positive, stay focused, you know, pray, do your affirmations uh, Two, clear out the weeds in the garden, clear out the weeds in the garden. So make sure that there aren't a bunch of negative things that you're hanging on to and saying to yourself and doing and feeling and thinking that are choking those, those positive seeds and affirmations off and not allowing them to grow and come to fruition. Uh, do you have any other quick uh, ideas you want to add to the end here before I read this little poem that he has? I love this poem. Um, I think we've covered a lot. I mean, of course, we could could uh, you know go go on and For on. Sure. But I would just go back to that calmness. It's kind of a neutral state. Mm. You know, kind of we talk about well, here's a better idea replacing a negative yeah. idea. Well, here's a, here's a better environment for this goal to grow, and we'll get the weeds out. Um, there's something to be said about just calmness yeah, and stillness yeah, that's it's huge. not necessarily positive or negative it's just clear and that zero point is actually a very very it may be the best place for you to be at that's all that's a great point you make a very great with point with it so yeah. it's, so and it's, he just makes a point too no that's you know, about fantastic about you're, you're absolutely right and you know speaking of that uh emmett fox and sermon on the mount said the same thing he's like you've got to be you've got to get to that point of calmness and stillness in order for the for the for the prayer to work uh, and that there's a faith in that. It's it doesn't even. You're, you're right. It's like a neutral point. You just find yourself in this gap between, you know, between, I don't know, thought, I guess, and it's a clear, still space like you find in meditation, and and you go into that space, and you find that 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 part of your mind um, is very receptive. It's very receptive. So that's a very good point. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to read a little bit of this poem here from uh, from. Uh, from the uh, effective thought on circumstances chapter. He says, you will be what you will to be. Let failure find its false content in that poor word environment, but spirit scorns it and is free. It masters time, it conquers space, it cows that boastful trickster chance and bids the tyrant circumstance uncrown and fill a, serv a servant's place. 
The human will, that force unseen, the offspring of a deathless soul, can hew away to any goal, though walls of granite intervene. The walls of granite intervene. So that, that goal can break through. That goal can break through with your, your powerful will. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us and listening to our discussion of As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. We hope you got some stuff, uh, some good stuff out of that. Uh, again, uh, I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have Chris Sheridan on the line, as he is every week here as a co-host of Cosmic Eye Show. And thank you, Chris, for showing up again. Thank you. And uh, please listen to us. We have a new show every Sunday. Um, mostly people are listening on iTunes, but it's, uh, we're available everywhere you want to listen to podcasts. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, goodbye and God bless.